My daughter, Willa, is learning to play the violin. She's seven, and she's already been playing for a couple of years. And just now I'm finally starting to see her catch on, really learn some things, and start to enjoy it. Early on, though, things were pretty rough. <laughs> she insisted that she wanted the lessons, and she liked it. But her lessons, from my perspective, were grueling. <laughs> she would freeze up, refuse to play what her teacher, who was very sweet and gentle with her, was asking. It became clear she was terrified of making mistakes. This broke my heart. Of all the things I want to pass on to my child, paralyzing perfectionism really just is not one of those. I spent innumerable car rides, you know that time when you have your kids like hostage in the backseat, telling her how great mistakes are. Mistakes mean you're learning, mistakes mean you're trying, and those are the important things. And she would quietly agree and then freak out at her next lesson. So I started bribing her to make mistakes. I'd tell her if she could manage 10 mistakes in her lessons, she could get a treat on the way home. The teacher got into it too, making her own usually intentional mistakes throughout the lesson. I do not know what finally moved Willa out of this phase, if it was my amazing parenting or just one of those things where they grow and they change and you never know if all your agonizing did anything. But I've been thinking about that as I think about this service and the idea of vulnerability and the way so many people, children and adults, feel about music and about singing. Do you know what one of the most common things I hear from you is I hear about what terrible singers you are. Now, who's ratting you out? You are, yourselves, yeah. <laughs> now, this is not personal. If you remember saying this to me at some point, there have been far too many of you for me to remember any individuals. It happens so often. You'll start by telling me how much you appreciate the music that the choir and Kathleen and I provide. And then pretty quickly, there's a segue into some jovial statement about how you're doing your part by staying out of the choir. It starts to feel like I'm receiving confessions the way so many people feel like they have to tell me that they can't sing. And just like with my daughter, that breaks my heart. Who told you you can't sing? How dare they? As a Unitarian Universalist, I reject the notion that only a few voices are worthy of being heard. You can sing, each of you, and you should. It's good for you, it's good for the people around you, it's good for children to hear you. We as a congregation are trying to teach them the importance of every voice, and what do you think they hear when you say that you can't sing? I fear that they hear that there's people who can and people who can't, and they will figure out which category they fit into and stay there. Now, you may not be especially comfortable sing singing, especially if you don't do it very much, especially if somewhere along the way someone told you that you shouldn't or you couldn't. For so many people, any kind of creative expression is an area of huge vulnerability. Creativity always involves putting something of yourself out into the world where people can see it and hear it and judge it. Singing maybe is even one of the most vulnerable feeling because it comes actually from inside you out into the world. And I acknowledge this, and I know this isn't my personal area of vulnerability, but believe me, I have pl 
plenty of others, <laughs> enough that I can have a lot of empathy with anyone feeling this way. <clears throat> but I have a hard truth for you. It matters. It actually matters whether you sing, especially when you come here to church. Reverend Nathan often says to us, we come to church to practice being the people we want to be in the world. And I would extend that to say we come to practice being the community we want to exist in the world. There are few better demonstrations of community than singing together. Together, though, we have to push through whatever vulnerability we feel to reach the truest goals of worship, to connect with what's holy and with each other. Singing is a pathway to connection, and we don't have so many of those in our world that we can just ignore or decline one when it's offered to us. The good news is, the more you do it, the more you sing here, in your shower, in your car, anywhere, the better you'll get. They're muscles. And the more comfortable you'll feel. Just do it. Try it. It doesn't matter what you sound like or what you think you sound like. Everyone here in this room wishes you well. And we're always quoting Leonard Cohen here, right? Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack in everything. Mm -hmm. And next time, I want to hear you sing that. <clears throat> and if you thought I was going to finish this up without getting you to do some more singing, I don't know what you're thinking. How about some key of C, Kathleen? <clears throat> <clears throat> and I especially need help with the low notes today. We are one world, one voice, one heart beating. We are one world, one voice, one heart beating. We are one world, one. Everybody living in this world, everybody has a voice, let's use it. Everybody living in this world, one heart beating. Everybody living in this world, everybody has a voice, let's use it. Everybody living in this world, one heart beating. Everybody living in this world.
thanks. I didn't hit the brakes in time. I was on my way to church, distracted, sad, not thinking about the morning ahead. My car was filled with snacks and art supplies for that morning's religious exploration program, while my mind was filled with heartache and uncertainty. At the time, I was a director of religious exploration at the U Church in West Roxbury. I had loaded my car, left my apartment, and was swiftly making my way through the mostly empty Sunday morning streets of Boston. Caught up in my own head, stuck in a semester where nothing was going quite right, I didn't hit the brakes in time, and I bumped into a woman crossing the street. I knew I hadn't hit her hard, but I feared the worse, feeling my body freeze over as I begged it to move from my car. I got out as the woman was getting up and we locked eyes. Before I could say anything, she said, are you okay? I teared up, shaking and nodded, and she asked me where I was going. I told her I was going to church. She then nodded and said, good. Finally, I asked her if she was okay. She told me she was fine and that I should quickly get to church. There have been many points in my life where I felt a raw and immediate vulnerability, but this is one that sticks out for me. In a world that already feels raw and vulnerable, I think it is important for all of us to remind ourselves the value and the need of vulnerability. Even in moments that we would rather not have lived through, a beautiful type of vulnerability can persist. As Madeline Lengel says, when we were children, we used to think that when we were grown-ups, we would no longer be vulnerable. But to grow up is to accept vulnerability. To be alive is to be vulnerable. To be alive is to be vulnerable. But as most of us know and experience, to show up as our vulnerable selves is not only difficult, but exhausting, frightening, and sometimes dangerous. Because of this, it is important to remind ourselves why. Why it is important to be vulnerable and how we can ground ourselves in this vulnerability even when existing in the world today might already feel exhausting, frightening, dangerous. Firstly, why is vulnerability important? For me, there are three things that come to mind. The first is that vulnerability reminds us that we are human and we are small. How wonderful sometimes to feel small, that we don't have to take care of everything because we cannot. Vulnerability gives us a chance to take a breath and to be humbled. The second is that to exist in this world, we need each other and need to be reminded of the interconnected webs that keep us together, that exist even when we are not with other people, even when they are far. Being vulnerable, as Madeline Lengel reminds us, is in part being human. A reminder to ourselves that though we may not have much control or power, we do indeed have each other and the ability to connect to each other 
and all the holiness that is so inherent in that connection. Being vulnerable, of course, doesn't have to be about making state mistakes, doesn't have to be about putting ourselves in situations where we almost run down people in cars, but it is about recognizing that we do make mistakes and have the capacity to forgive ourselves and others. We are, as the UU minister Robert Tanner articulates in a short reflection, united in our vulnerability. When we are united in our vulnerability, we are at better ground to be empathetic. The third reason to feel, live, and to be our vulnerable selves is to be greater listeners and caretakers for each other. To be able to truly listen and learn from others in a way where our vulnerability is shared, is truly listened to. My last year of divinity school, I created a dress that spoke to my vulnerability and my tendency to shake. Covered in almost a blanket of flowers, the dress activates when it shakes. The flowers shift and slightly crinkle as they bend and move petals up against petals. I created this dress to both preach and move in, a dress that seeks to make the act of shaking a demonstration of beauty versus a demonstration of fear or nerves. Ever since I was little, I've been nervous to speak in front of people. I feel the nervous butterflies, and I can imagine them vividly as actual butterflies bumping into my stomach walls. I feel the nausea and all that particularly, a particular energy that comes with the fear of public speaking. It starts as if I am my eight-year-old self, then it becomes the shakes. Sometimes I shake in a way that can be noticed, other times, my hands tremble in a way that is really only perceptible to me. I have often worked to try to stop the shakes, make sure I breathe, take breaks, digging into the many mind exercises I have filed away to calm myself down, to stop shaking. At Divinity School, I decided I wanted to tackle the shakes in a different way. Instead of attempting to construct an ultimate plan, of ending them or drafting an agenda for how to eventually let go of all my anxiety, I decided to think more about the space around me and if I could transform it. I tackled this transformation of space by creating a dress that would welcome my shakes, a dress that would be at its most beautiful when I shook. I worked to create a space of worship in which I could finally express reverence towards something I had never expressed love for, not to mention reverence. In making a space where my shaking could be beautiful, I paid homage to my shaking by accepting it, wearing it, worshiping it. A dress that made my vulnerabilities quite literally and physically beautiful. Existing in a world that is racked by injustice, it is easy to let our vulnerability turn towards despair. But what if we turned it towards reverence, towards worship one can wear as shaking beautiful petals? Vulnerability can something be something we keep hidden, something we shroud in shame. It can also be at times an emotion in which when shown is shunned. 
When people are vulnerable, they often show more of themselves, selves which perhaps are not accepted, bodies that are shunned, ways of living that are not looked at kindly by an often cruel and prejudiced world. Being vulnerable can truly be dangerous, can truly be a risk. But for us to end these cycles of injustice, we must persist. We must persist to show all of ourselves in a practice of vulnerability where the entire self is loved as a much greater whole. As you use, we must practice finding the awe and appreciation for the force that compels us to love people not only for their lovableness, but for their wholeness, for the people we are at our most vulnerable. A wholeness that is often broken, that is imperfect, vulnerable, and sometimes bad, but intertwined ever so delicately with the good. This is an intimate reverence, a reverence that compels us to love those inexplicable threads that hold the good, the bad, the vulnerable together to make a beautiful whole. I would like now to take a moment to lead us in one of my all-time favorite activities, Passing the Pulse. It seems appropriate in a sermon about vulnerability and connection to each other to put this into practice right away. I'll explain the exercise and then bless the connection and worship we make together. So, Passing the Pulse is everyone's going to stand up as they're willing and able, though if you need to remain seated, it'll still work. But all of us will grab hands and we will make a very probably windy circle of sorts with perhaps some people being able to connect back to me. And we will pass the pulse, meaning someone will start and squeeze a hand. And once your hand is squeezed, you squeeze the hand of the person next to you. So, everyone get up. And if you could grab a hand so that everyone has a hand to grab. I'm also going to ask those youth up there to come down. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking. <laughs> I mean, I have a pretty good idea. <laughs> is everyone that is on the floor connected? Okay, I'm going to break into this. Perfect. Okay, so I am going to start. Everyone's okay? Okay, so again, once your hand is squeezed, you squeeze the person next to you who has not been squeezed. Sometimes there's a little bit of a lag, and if you usually can see it. So if you see it and it hasn't gone to you, just squeeze the hand and we'll, we'll get the pulse back to my elbow. So, everyone settle in. Ready? Do we have a pulse or have we momentarily lost it? Okay. <laughs> have we now lost the pulse? 
Has someone felt it recently? <laughs> no one? Okay. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do now is since my mother is in the audience, mom, could you just start it again from where you are? Just start it whoever you, yeah. No, go the same direction. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Don't go the opposite. Oh, I just got one. <laughs> Now still standing, connected, still connected. As we stand together in connection, having had the pulse run through us all, let us be reverent for all that is present. Let us be reverent for what is good and the bad present in all of us. And let our connection compel us to love. I bless this space, this connection, this pulse. While not dropping the connection, you may now drop your hands and take your seat. For me, this practice has meant a lot of things. Whenever I complete a pass the pulse, I'm reminded of when as a youth, I, along with five other people, grabbed hold of an electric fence and let the electricity run through us. Of course, this time, the energetic connection you felt during this prayer was not a dangerous electric one, but I hope it was just as real. I hope you felt united in our vulnerability. At our most vulnerable, we are often able to feel more the delicate balance of things, the frailties, the rough edges. I wonder if it is in the meaning of both fear and awe that we often see the divine. I wonder if it is in the space of embracing what is shaking and what is steady that we find ourselves feeling reverent, whole and vulnerable, feeling reverent in a way where we truly know that to feel joy, you also need to feel fear and sadness, to recognize, as Leonard Cohen reminds us, that there's a crack in everything, and that is how the light gets in. We must make space for all the dualities that we nurture reverence for. In our recognizing, honoring, and expressing awe to the complexities of these dualities, we are then compelled to act. I challenge you, when taking action, to step into vulnerability more often. I challenge you to step into this vulnerability in a breaking open of self to others as the small yet wondrous connected human that you are. Let yourself be vulnerable enough to introduce yourself to a stranger, step into a prison, volunteer for a program that has intimidated you. Let yourself feel the hesitancy, the fear of maybe trying something new, the fear of not being an expert, the fear of failure. Be vulnerable in your acknowledgement that you are probably not an expert. You might fail, but that again, these are the things that make you human and give you a vulnerable and beautiful grace. We, the people of this world, are losing touch with our greater humanity all the time, losing a sense of what this humanity is and who it belongs to. Let us find this humanity again. Let us find it through letting ourselves be vulnerable and united in this vulnerability. Let us remind ourselves by working to remember that we are interconnected, that our dignity relies on the dignity of all living things and people. 
When we are all connected through the exercise of pass the pulse, I was reminded how this is often used as an exercise in which to focus children, to ground them in the moment. I hope some of you felt this today. Let us be active in our reverence. Let us grab a hand and continue to pass the pulse that is our liberatory connection, that is reverent, that is vulnerable, that is electric.